tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. Oh, AfterBuzz TV, the destination for TV superfans. Producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows. Interviewing celebrities and showrunners. And bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that. Pow. What's up, guys? Welcome to AfterBuzz TV Scandal After Show. This is... See, what season are we on now, Five. y'all? Five. Dear God. <laughs> season five, episode ten. It's hard out here for a general... Your Fab Four is back, starting with me, Emil Ennis Jr. Hey, what's up, everybody? I'm Cornelia. Hey, everyone. I'm Sophia Stanley, and I missed you guys. And I'm Bam Erickson. Can you guys turn us up? Sorry. And what? Oh. Oh. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> came back. First, before we get into this episode, what did you guys do over the break? How was your holidays? Happy New Year, all that good stuff. Uh, my holiday was great. Uh, I got to just kick it and uh, did a couple of things. Uh, I can't complain. Happy to be alive, man. What about you, Sophia? Um, I what did I do? Oh, I got on the health and fitness challenge and I lost hey. a little bit of weight, if y'all can tell. Um, and just yeah, really trying to be healthy for 2016 and work out and eat clean and all that good stuff. Bam! Uh, I did a bunch of writing projects for some companies and stuff. Nice. Ooh, that nice. sounds like there's some things on <laughs> right, the horizon. Right. Mm-hmm. Low key. And how about you, Emil? It was great. Saw my family um over the break. Uh had a birthday. Had a birthday. Did a couple of appearances. It was fun. It was a fun, fun, fun little break from scandal. But we are glad, glad, glad to be back. Episode ten. Olivia tasted the blood, as her father said, and now she is ditching the white and wearing red. What do we think about the episode? Funny thing is, um, I had been talking a lot of smack on Twitter uh, mm-hmm. for the last couple of weeks, but I think there was a pace of the episode that I liked. I felt I f- it did not feel rushed. It felt rather <clears throat> calm. And all of the characters looked like themselves, but they all looked better. Mm-hmm. So they all seemed at ease, including Abby. Because yeah. we know we always talked about how Abby, they kind of had overdone her for a little while. Everyone seemed very comfortable in their own skin, and that's kind of how the episode felt, that it was comfortable in its own skin. Uh, um, to, to piggy off that, what I also liked is anytime there's a time span, like, you know, they've, six months later, right. there's always a change in the characters. And so, like, Olivia... Look like she's been out in the sun. She's got a nice tan. She's got new makeup. Like everyone looks like they've been refreshed. Like they've left their job mm-hmm. for maybe two months and they've been on vacation and now they're back to work. 
Yeah, I agree with everybody. I have, I got nothing. Sophia and I were joking, and we were watching, saying that uh, not Cornelia, because Cornelia got it too, but um, that Olivia has the Neutrogena glow. Oh, completely. <laughs> yeah, no, her skin, everything looked amazing. <laughs> so, no, we were we were all, I think, pleasantly surprised by the episode. Let's start with the uh, scandal of the week. We had Diane, who's the NSA director, who came to Olivia, um, seeking help because her computer was being hacked, files were stolen, and we found out about Project Mercury, which um, is probably a real thing but uh, Project Mercury is where they're spying on the foreign leaders spying on calls emails all these different things and uh, we found out that somebody was trying to get those files off of her computer so after some investigation through OPA we see that it was her boyfriend possibly is who did it Billy right Marcus in this episode I want to talk about him briefly I really like the way that he is trying to interject himself into OPA and try to become part of the team um, we see why he's not able to do so fully at the end of the episode. But even though I liked his character when we saw him in, if anybody remembers the episode title, but the first episode with the chair. The lawn chair. The lawn chair, yes. When we first saw him in the episode, we all kind of agreed that he's probably going to be the new mm-hmm. the new uh, gladiator. Um, seeing him in this episode, though, there's something about him that I'm really, really, really starting to enjoy, and I just hope they can utilize his character more. Well, it's nice to have someone else in the office because you had at one point you had Huck and Quinn Huck mm-hmm. and Quinn were like this duo they both kind of they have like weird things about them they both do their own thing and sometimes they can get a little creepy it became too much about that style of working mm-hmm. he brings like a, a regular kind of nine to five or element to it where you have this office you have you always you always have the weird person at the office but you have the person who's in the suit he's always in the suit who's like okay this is what we have to do x y and z no this is not the way we're going to approach it so he's very uh straight and narrow and i think it adds a great dynamic because at, at one point how much huck and quinn can we really have alone in, in an office all the time very true uh, for me um i think huck is overplaying his hand because don't take Marcus lightly. You know, the ignoring, ignoring. Marcus will say something, and rather than ignore him because he's because he's too normal, how, I don't, I'm not sure how Marcus is going to respond to that. And then will there, will there be beef between them? I mean, I just feel like why can't there be a better way? Because it seems like it's the typical being mean to the new person. No, I didn't take it that way at all. I think that when he said, I think the way he said it, he goes, he's normal. We have to protect him. We can't let him be friends with us. Think about, remember when we first met Quinn Mm -hmm. and she was this naive baby lawyer? And then she turned into this psycho killer, like <laughs> letting people like lick her on the face, pull teeth, sleeping with Charlie, doing all of these crazy things. Huck knows what Huck is capable of doing. Mm-hmm. In essence, I think what he's saying is, I like Marcus too much to allow him to become us. How do you think Marcus... And I think, and I think, and I apologize for cutting you off, I don't, I think that's not his concern. His concern is Marcus's own safety. So in his mind, he'd prefer to keep him at bay and have him think, okay, you know what, we're only work colleagues, not actually work friends, in order to in some way protect him and to protect his soul because... Arguably, he is in fact the gladiator who still wears the white hat. I agree with both of you guys. Um, Because I I get where Bam's coming from. But yeah, I think it's one of those things where as long as they can remain or have a professional relationship inside the office and just keep it at that, 
then we'll see. It's going to be interesting to see, like I said, how they're going to integrate him more into the storyline because right now he's had a couple of lines. But now that I'm thinking about, as I say that statement, Columbus used to only have a couple of lines too. So let's just hope that he gets more. I, I think I think in the horizon there will definitely be an episode where he is yeah. center. We'll see. Um, did you guys like the scandal overall? Because some of the scandals, you know, are kind of whack. Did we think that this would? I I kind of enjoyed it, um, but it, 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 I think I enjoyed it because it this scandal didn't necessarily. Um, how do I put it? This scandal took more of a backseat to the other storylines. I like when the, you have the scandal of the week, but I don't like when the scandal of the week is the prominent story. I like how everything flowed together. I like Sally Langston back in this episode. I really liking the way that they're putting Sally in this season and how she's kind of narrating the story and pushing it forward. And her opening monologue where she was talking about power um, was really good. And they had that parallel to uh, Olivia at dinner with her father and what Papa Pope was saying. And this is one of the first times I think we've seen Papa Pope and Olivia in that kind of... See, that was a little weird to me. Because... Well, not even weird. Is it going to be a constant back and forth? One day we cool and we eat dinner and then the next day I hate your guts and then I don't, I'm shocked by everything that you do and I can't believe you're this evil person and then we back to having dinner together and I'm trying to move past it and then the next day is you're evil and I can't believe it. Like, is this going to be the, th- the thing? The dance? I didn't actually when a, when a, when I read a live at the very end of the scene I felt like Olivia finally got it that time. So I didn't take it as if she's going to come back and be salty. I think she really took her dad's advice and was like, hmm, dad, you're right. I'm going to go and I'm going to figure it out. And she did. I'm going to kind of finish that statement. And she did. And that's why she now realizes she's going to run Melly's campaign and she's going to and she's going to take her to the White House because Olivia realized she had become impotent. She had become on the sidelines. She was no longer in the game. And I think that she needed her dad to say what her dad said in order to get her, her mind right. Again, I think everyone knows that I am like Team Rowan, Team Eli, 100%. I think that you have to always think about it in the context of this show, that this show is about extremes. So you could you could never have Olivia's father not be extreme. So when they're having like friendly banter, it's going to be overly friendly and overly like, oh, they're sitting mm-hmm. at the table and they're having wine and they're center and people are taking pictures of them and they're just oh so chic. And then it's going to be... Arr! Because that's the only way. No, I can't do it again. I can't do it again. I can't do it again. (laughs) So I think that it resonates with me. And that's what, because that's the only thing she understands. She only uh, understands extremes because she likes chaos. And also, (laughs) that's that's the nature of all her relationships. Yeah. Well said. Jake and so forth. And so, yeah, she did pull a gun to him, but it is a daddy. So (laughs) I I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying, Camille. If we got a gun put on him, I'd be toast. I think everybody agrees with you, but it's just they've been doing this dance for so long. It's kind of like their relationship, except there's now a wall that's been broken down because she has had that taste of power, I feel. And I think, if anything, the only person who I think is still on the hamster wheel is Olivia. Because at the end of the day, a parent's job is to be a parent regardless. Like, I'm an adult and my mom still gives me advice about stuff. Yeah. However, it is my job, if I truly am an adult, to learn from my past mistakes. So the irony of the situation is, Olivia, of all people, should have known, you can't have outed yourself, gotten to a place in the White House, literally had the public fall in love with you, and then step away from that and not think that there are dire consequences. Yeah. Especially if you didn't actually have a plan. Like she did that off of emotion without actually thinking it all the way through. 
So I think someone had to, had to remind her of that, and who better than her father? Which, and it's, it's funny you mentioned emotion, because remember uh, Diane, when she was talking about what the media was going to do if mm-hmm. she got fired, saying they're not going to have another NSA director because they're going to say that I let with emotions. And that's what I love about the the scandals of the week is when they interject that to help re- help Olivia help Olivia reflect on what's going on in her personal life. So, did she um, did she play off her emotions? Being mm-hmm. that, I mean, what do you guys think? Who no, lives? no, no, not live. No, because it wasn't okay. no, 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 because no, no. it wasn't actually her partner. It wasn't it actually Billy. Billy who hacked her computer. It was Jake. That's right. Yeah. So meaning her instincts actually were good, and to me. What it shows is, is on some levels, maybe Olivia actually hadn't been smart enough because Olivia never checked out Jake. This woman, to me, should have, in fact, been the NSA director because regardless of love and regardless of emotion, she checked him out with every single piece of software that she had available, even to the point where she arguably used classified software that she shouldn't have used to make sure that she was not arguably bringing an enemy into her house and or her bed. That's what you should do. That's just sad. I mean, I understand I mean, her position. That's what she has agree. to do. That's kind of sad. Like, you have to do all that to... I wouldn't want to do that. I don't want to know. Well, but think about it like this. Even on the amateur level, if you meet a dude at a pool party, you're going to Google him. And if you don't, it uh, sucks for you. Because I'm going straight to the back and I'm going to be like, he when you said under, his what name you looking was, for? Was, he said his name was Charles... Anything you never know these days. You've got to check check people out. Someone needs to create like a DM app so you can actually go into people's DMs because that's where the real stuff is. Sorry, because what it. it goes what down what? in the DM. Oh my gosh! Okay. <laughs> you know what? And the funny thing is, we're not even drinking. I think we just really missed you guys. We really missed being here. We're a little giddy, and when I say we, I really mean me. So mm. I apologize <laughs> in advance. I really did miss you guys. I'm a little bit giddy to be back in the After Buzz Studio talking yes, scandal. Yes. Um. So Jake, though, let's go ahead and get into Jake. Mm-hmm. Jake and Olivia. Olivia was definitely off her game because after we found out it was Jake, I was kind of pissed off with everybody because I'm like, you guys couldn't figure this out earlier. Like, there's just something about me. I'm just like, I understand that Jake is part of uh, B613 or he was and he has that knowledge. So in my mind, if they were all trained, I understand each person has their different skills, but if they're all trained, you would think there would be some type of telltale sign that, oh, this is something that a B613 person would do. Granted, you know what I mean? But theoretically, that's actually what Charlie was alluding to. They just were slow on the uptake. Charlie, yes. Yeah. But it's sad that Charlie figured that I out. I completely agree. And Huck, it, so that goes to Bam's point, though. Is Huck so focused on excluding Marcus that he can't do his job? Like, there's too yes. many, there's too many, everybody's in their feelings. And they were on vacation for six months. And Olivia, Olivia's over here sleeping with the enemy, not even knowing that she's sleeping with him. I don't know. I was just annoyed. But, 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 wait, wait, wait. The only thing is, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, he's actually not the enemy. He's always clearly articulated to you who he is. And to me, the minute you realize he was actually staying at your dad's house, you should have anticipated something oh, because yeah. you know your dad. It would have been different if she didn't know that he was staying at his da- at her dad's house. But True. Jake's a spy and he's evil. And let's not forget uh, last season when he choked her. So... And, you know what I mean? Uh, Let's get real. And she's on the phone in the other room. You don't think Jake is almost perfect pitch and can hear your conversation? Well, that was just stupid. I don't even know why she... There's so many... I don't know. But what bothers me about... Um, what bothers me... I was going to talk about the relationship. What bothers me about their relationship is I get... 
I get when you are um, a com- um, when you're comfortable with somebody and you keep going back and back and back and forth, back and forth. But watching the scenario, it's like, God damn, is there another man in Washington that you can cuddle up with? It's it's annoying to watch when you have friends or people who break up and they they go back and forth. It's annoying to watch when you're in the situation. It's different, but as a viewer and just if you have friends, it's really boring to watch this back and forth with Jake and Olivia live and fits and all. It's boring. Back, back. But let's back, keep it real. You can't, if you bring a, a, a what happened when, we, when Brian White came on the show? Everybody well. was excited. He was a viable candidate. <laughs> Very. At that, at that moment, we were like, okay, then this is it. Because you actually have someone who is available. Once you bring someone into this show in this situation who is available, and it does not work out with Olivia because she drops her whatever she, something happens where it just she's not ready or she's she's complicated then it causes us to really question who she is even though we're already doing that so they have to keep the back and forth between Fitz and Olivia because we already know who they are she knows who they are they dealing with each other they putting up with each other and it and it, it, it gives that push and pull but if you bring a regular person in there and he's really courting her at some point we're going to be like well you need to why why can't you date him stick with stick with old boy Cause that's what I'm rooting for. <laughs> but I don't have a problem with. I mean, Jake. I don't have a problem with Jake. I mean, no, Jake looks good shirtless now. <clears throat> I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to say this like the um, the G-rated version. Oh no, make it I, make it PG. NC okay. 17. Oh, maybe. Oh, well, we're going up there. No. <laughs> make it X-rated. <laughs> it's kind of like your dick in a glass. Like there comes a point in your life where it's like <laughs> you go back and you recycle. No, I'm just keeping no, it no, 100. You, you, because the, you know them. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like who has time even kind of to a certain extent what Abby says like they don't even have a life. Like you don't have time to go through this all over again and figure someone out and figure out which way it curves. So you go back <laughs> to the one that you know even if it's not the one that you love. But That's, does she not love him? Okay, well, this is the problem. This is the problem. She totally does love him. She does love him, and that's why he was able to get in her head with that little hand movement. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? And that's why she had to pull away and pretend like she doesn't have any emotions, so she doesn't have any feelings. But I actually am not going to beat up on her, and the reason being is whether we like it or not, or whether we believe that they should have been together, they, and by they, I mean Olivia and Fitz went through a divorce. I have never been married and I have never been divorced, but I know a lot of people who have been both. And they have said to me that going through a divorce is actually sometimes worse than losing a family member. That you literally go through the phases of mourning. That's in essence what Olivia is doing. That's why she's still kind of in this foggy space. That's why she's kind of making bad choices, arguably Jake. But more importantly, that's why she's not really on her game. Because she's kind of been in her own little fuzzy world or like Dan said she's kind of been on vacation it's just now the fact that everyone else has still been moving at their normal pace and she had to have her dad kind of snap her back into it that all of a sudden she's like oh my god vacation's over morning's over and part of that came from making the phone call and the president not being available that was that final completion ceremony or whatever it is that she needed for their divorce to be final for her to realize why it is she chose to leave the White House but she needed that definitive Calling and him not answering to make it final. Let me so, just say, Olivia been on vacation since gas was two dollars a gallon. Let's be real, guys. Okay, go ahead, ma'am. Um, <laughs> totally get what you're saying. It's just that as a viewer, it's yeah, like on, it's like you're on the phone with your best friend who broke up with his girlfriend, and you got to hear the same old thing over and over again until you say, 
I got to get something out the laundry room. And, you know, it's just, it's, it's, you're, it's, you're, it's boring. But was it me? Did you notice that when, um, when they were standing outside and when he went, and when they went to kiss for a second there, I thought Jake was going to grab Olivia's the back of her head. Did you peep that? Yeah. When was this? Yeah. In the very mm-hmm. beginning, I thought he was going to grab the head, but then he mm-hmm. made a different. Mm-hmm. Dis- you mean I the just, head or her hair? Her hair. Okay. Yeah, her hair. Just making very clear. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of things that happened in the beginning. Like that that like, was cool. Yeah. ABC was, um, Taking it, it was very hot scene. Mm-hmm. I again, okay, I don't have a problem with. I have no problem. Listen, I think it was a hot scene considering the fact that we've seen them have these same type of hot scenes before. So for Jake and Olivia, that's a hot scene. That's that's their type of sex. I, I, don't, I don't know. To me, it felt like a cheap version of the telephone closet. Like I feel like they're starting to do things again and again. If anything. If they had actually switched it up on us, that would have made me feel better. Like, meaning if they actually had been kind of sensual with it and then not talked, like, switch it up on us. I think what Bam is saying is, like, it's this same Groundhog Day hamster wheel. We need to see something different from them. But why? They're not different people. But then that's not exciting. I think that's what Bam's saying. Yeah. That's, literally, maybe like, that's can, what we, they're showing us. That these, this, we, we have set oh, up in our okay. minds yes. that these people are these people. Oh, well, I've always thought that Jake was lame. And they're the showing us. <laughs> no, everybody included. Everybody. Yeah, we have yeah. created these yeah. identities yeah. and these, these, these facades for people. And they're showing us, hey, no, this is what we are. We are holding on to this, this these ideals. And the irony, iron, the irony is that is symbolic for life. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially in, in terms of relationships, it's like when people say you should always be in love with who the person is, not who the person could become. Better preach. And arguably, that's what some of us, Sophia Stanley included, is doing with these characters instead of seeing them for for clearly who they are and who they have been for anywhere between one and five seasons. I didn't. Excellent point, Cornelia. So- Excellent point. I just didn't like her going down on her knees specifically because it's nine o'clock. When we, that episode, when that happened again, that was at ten o'clock. I just think that it's uh, it's a little too much for nine p.m. No, no time to change it, man. I understand, but still, I just you should mm. see what they show at eight o'clock now. <laughs> and I'm they so didn't serious. show anything. They just she just <laughs> went down and came back up. I thought you were gonna go somewhere else with it. I just didn't. I just you want her to actually do it. Uh, grown folk moment. If your kids are watching, please put us on mute. Um, for me, given Olivia Pope's character, and I could be wrong, and when I rewatch it, it may look different, but it looked like he pushed her head down. Mm. Fuck that. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Which is different than you choosing mm. to go down. Do you get the difference? Yeah. Don't ever put your fuck. You know. Yeah, especially if they're not like actually, but they don't even have a title. They don't uh, can't touch my. Head. That's when. Yeah. That's who pushing your head down. No. No, the people who Offline. you don't, the people you don't Offline. demand, the people you don't demand or or put your foot down with or draw a line in the sand, they're not going to have a line in the sand. Yeah. What you think? So you wait, 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 wait. When pause, you don't draw pause, a line in the sand pause. with somebody, we're going to be the one who pushes your head down because you did not draw the line. We in the may sand. have to say this Absolutely. for happy hour topic. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> this is e. This is like explicit. But we have a, a podcast <laughs> on happy hour, happy hour shadow conversation on I. What did you guys talk about last night? We talked about everything. We talked about Beyonce's formation. We talked about Feel the Burn, Bernie Sanders. We talked about Sierra and Future. Um, yeah, we just, you know, we got into it. And then we talked a little bit about Valentine's Day. I'm kind of a hater. I, I wasn't there. I was out of town. But 
make sure you check these ladies out and um, check us out each and every week on Happy Hour Shot of Conversation. Go to iTunes. Uh, you can search for any of our names. You'll find us. So uh, iTunes, Happy Hour Shot of Conversation. We may have to continue that conversation because Let's do uh, it. we are definitely <laughs> not on the same page with that. I completely agree. But if you want to jump in and if you think that, yeah, Jake was okay for pushing her head down or you think he was not, make sure to let us know by going to iTunes for AfterBuzz TV Scandal Recap Show and stop, stop, rate, five stars, leave a comment and subscribe and always tell a friend. We really appreciate it and we read all of your comments. But again, rate, comment and subscribe. All right. Um, so, what did you guys think about the Jake and Fitz scene? Because remember, Fitz invited him to the White House. They're having this conversation, and the main thing that I took from that scene was the very end when he mm-hmm. said, um, "I really could. I really have to get a view like this." And then they showed Jake like looking at Fitz. I. I'm trying to see where they're going with this storyline because we have Melly now who's going to be vying for the White House. Do you think that we now are going to have potential Jake, or is he just? Meaning in the White House, like being in the White House. I think being in the White House, being in the White House, because I think that what I've started to learn from this show is you don't actually have, have the power, power when, yeah. to finish to finish it. No, you don't have the power when you're in that seat. You yep. actually have the it's every, yeah when you're the puppet master. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you don't want to actually be the puppet, so you don't want to actually be the president. You want to be the person controlling the strings. See, I actually think that Jake wants to be the president, but Rowan. It, he's the puppet and mm. Rowan is the puppet master. So I think Rowan is like, yeah, you can totally do it. Get in the White House. We in here. <laughs> and Rowan is like, ha ha. Now I'm back pulling the string. Yeah. So I really think that Jake is vying for that spot because Jake ain't smarter than Rowan. He's living in the house, kicking it. They hanging out. Everything's all good now. Apparently, it seems like I don't, I'm not buying that Jake put together this whole NSA plan on his own. No, they had a brainstorming session and Rowan probably was like, yeah, you should do this. So Rowan probably is behind the scenes waiting for Jake to take over. Okay, go ahead, Bam. I agree, Keneally. I do think that, uh, that Rowan does want something more than a position, maybe president, because, uh, when they were asking, when they were having the conversation about, have you talked to Liv? No, have you talked to Liv? No, I've talked to Liz. Y'all both, some, y'all both been smashing, I, I hate to be disrespectful, but they've both been smashing her for a very long time. Mm-hmm. So, what's the big deal? Yeah, I talked to her. You talked to her? Yeah, I talked to her. But they hadn't. Fitz nope. hadn't actually talked to her. But Jake lied. Nope. And Canelia, when we were watching the show, brought up a really good point. They don't talk. Oh, true. They just have sex. They just have sex. True. I, I know it's semantics, but arguably in that moment, no one was really lying. That's cute. Okay. <laughs> I can't. That's cute. I can't. That's cute. I can't. Oh my god. Oh, guys. That's gonna be Bam's new phrase now. That's cute. That's, That's cute. cute. Oh my god. That's I cute. Can't. But That's cute. Oh my god. I'm gonna have to start using that now. Let me write that down before I forget. That's hilarious. Um <laughs> no, there there was something about their their interaction, but I didn't even hear you say that. That's a good point. They really don't talk. They don't talk. So it's very true. He hasn't he hasn't said anything here. I'm going to play um, Angel's advocate to Cornelia's point about uh, like Jake that. not being smarter than Rowan. I think it's possible that that can in fact be the truth, but for Jake still to win. Did did any of you guys ever watch Survivor? Some. Okay. The person who you think is going to win almost never wins. Why? Because usually the person who is the smartest person in the room comes off like the smartest person in the room. So what do you do? You get rid of them, number one. Number two, you can sometimes always anticipate their moves. So, for instance, Rowan, you can always anticipate that he wants to be the master ruler of the universe. And as long as you play into that, he is also, in fact, being played. 
I personally do not think it's a coincidence that Jake is literally and figuratively back in Rowan's home and then got so quickly into the White House. I think that there has to be a turn, and at the end of the day, Jake should never be underestimated because Jake gets to ride under radar. I agree. He's never chosen first. Just like you said, he arguably was the only viable threat to Fitz and Olivia's relationship, and yet he's back in the White House. True. I will say, though, I once again am mad at OPA. The fact that when they went to that house mm-hmm. where the phone was, even after Jake was there, they didn't do any further investigation. Yeah, Just like, right. oh, Jake's here. Okay, cool. <laughs> also, and I think maybe I watched too much spy, spy movies. It's like, yo, they didn't check floorboards. They didn't Nothing. check, like, even for me, like, this is going to sound silly. When she was pulling on the refrigerator, I didn't think there was something in the refrigerator. I thought the refrigerator was going to open and there was going to be, like, a false room. Yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I thought. Like, you know what I mean? Like, in general, Quinn isn't doing her job for the super spy that she is. She she ain't no super spy. She's just spy. Spy in training still. Because that's an amateur move. She's a baby spy. And then, this is just, I'm just getting frustrated now because then with Charlie. I understand, like, you're in bed and you're trying to go to sleep. You're in bed and you're trying to go to sleep and you're talking to Charlie. Like, if Charlie's trying to help you out and Charlie's more experienced, like, listen to him for a second. Like, you don't need to go to sleep that bad. But again, it's hubris. The, do you know what I mean? It really, it really is hubris. It's it, At the end of the day, if we can have learned anything from this show, is that it is so mirrors real life that we don't learn from our past mistakes. We always think that we know better. We always think that we're the smartest. We always think like, oh, I got this. That's what she was doing. And when you are, let's just keep real, Charlie's a good 13 years older than Quinn. So therefore, she's taking it as, oh, I got this. Leave me alone. I know you older. You think you know everything. But yeah, I actually know something too. I'm like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got to admit it. Hey, yeah. Millennials. <laughs> <Pleasure>. <laughs> um, okay. I'll tell y'all a story offline. Um, Melly in this book. So Melly comes to Olivia and she basically says that she has a book that she's written. She wants Olivia to read it. And when Olivia says, no, I'm not going to do that, she said, you owe me, pretty much. So you're going to read it. I'm going to leave it here. She reads the book. And I just love that Liv was truthful and honest with her, but this was after Liv had the conversation or she got the lecture from her father saying you need the power, the 1600 power. Um, she's talking to her and she says, this book is going to sell for the first week and then after that it's going to dissipate. You need a book, a tell-all book that people really want to hear. And I get what she's saying. Do you think that that type of book is really going to get her in the office though? No. I, I think what she's not saying is not a tabloid tell-all book. A revealing your soul tell all book. A dreams of my father. Exactly. Dreams mm-hmm. of my father. She needs that. Yeah. Call or Barack the audacity of hope. Yep. Call Barack. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. But it, it, need, it needs to feel like you're there with a the person. It needs to feel like you're on the journey because at the end, you need to root for this person, which is different than it being salacious. Yeah. She's just saying, really bear your soul. Well, I'm glad she's working with Liv because I don't think she could do it by herself. No. Uh, I mean, she had a ghostwriter. So that means clearly she is, um, and not to say that there's nothing wrong with that, but the fact that she's basically saying that she didn't write it, she's still the same old lazy Melly. You know, when she wanted to be, hold on one second, when she wanted to, um, um, a couple episodes uh, um, during season five, when she actually didn't read the information, but when when she wanted to run for office, she wasn't really doing the work, you know what I'm saying? And when you look into next week's episode, when Livia is trying to get her to do what it is that she's agreed to, she's fighting it. So for me, I felt like Melly is just being lazy and she hasn't 
she hasn't clearly thought out what her plan and what her goal is. She's just like, oh, I'm going to write a book. And Olivia had every right to, to tell her what she needed to hear. I, no, I see that because when she first came to Olivia, like I wrote a book, she said it like, you know how you, you sitting at home and one day you just bored with your life. And you're like, I'm going to write a book. You don't have a plan. You just one day sit down like, you know what? I've always wanted to write a book. It yeah. seemed like she came up with this idea out of nowhere. Like, I need a project. Let me write a book. Not like a book will get me the exposure that I need. It'll have people invested in my in my backstory. It seemed like she didn't even think of that. She just was sitting down and was like, I'm going to write this book. But again, I think it goes back to what Bam said and the fact that they've all been on vacation. Again, Melly actually went through a divorce. Melly had to find a project to yeah. get herself through this because let's remember... Not only did she get a divorce, her husband was like parading his brand new mistress and no one even gave two Fs about you. And everyone was team Olivia. And ironically, even with Olivia leaving the White House, everyone still is team Olivia. Mm -hmm. So I think she really was coming like, here, read my book. I think that's normal. The second part of it is, is that... And I think I've said this before. In another world, Olivia and Melly would be friends. Like, they're meant to be. When I've always said, F Jake. If the Trinity is not Jake, Fitz, and Olivia, the, tr- the Trinity will always be in this show, Olivia, Fitz, and Melly. And do you want to know why? There's something about their energies that sync with one another. And that's why Melly always talks straight to Olivia. She may dog her out, but she always speaks 100% truth to her. And arguably, Olivia does the same thing. Only real friends care enough to give that level of truth and to continue to kind of come back and forth even with all the bullshit that they've been through. It's because I think at the end of the day, she really respects her and I think that she realizes how her own life could have been different if she picked another path. The difference is she got out of the White House. Melly didn't. Melly chose a different way. But she respects how, as a woman, she arguably, if she didn't have the dad that she had had, would have made the exact same choice and been put in Pop's little wife with no motherfucking power. Sorry. Also come down. Yeah, yeah put in Pop. Um, I'm trying not to curse because it is Lent and I don't fucking care. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, say that's cute. <laughs> oh, that's cute. <laughs> She's like, I'm trying not to cuss. It's like, oh, but it needs to Oh, my, oh gosh. my gosh. Oh, oh. <sighs> That's cute. That's cute. <laughs> All right, so Cyrus, um, Cyrus calls Liv, and <laughs> I love her response because we called. She said, the days of the two of us talking in the night are long over and, you know, pretty much done. But he was just asking if Abby would be a good work wife, pretty mm-hmm. much. And then we see that Abby is constantly getting calls from Fitz over and over again, talking in the middle of the night, two in the morning, talking about Gettysburg, and then going into random conversations. And then finally, Cyrus has a conversation with Abby where he says, you know, you are his new work wife. There's nothing I can do. Figure it out, pretty much. And I just like the way Abby handled it. I like I like that. Now that because remember for a while when Abby entered the White House as press secretary, I said, "Are you going to keep her here, or is she going to mm-hmm. fail and then go back to OPA?" The fact that they've kept her here for so long and I she's like, like actually, oh cool, like Abby's succeeding outside of OPA, and I like having a different dynamic or seeing a gladiator in the White House and seeing how they're able to fit into another section of society as opposed to just the CD. I don't want to call it CD, but mm-hmm. the, the scandals, of, yeah, the scandals of OPA. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's, it's a nice. It's a nice change. Okay. So, I also just like the fact that not only did she read Fitz, but she read um, uh, Nelson 
who tried to play her uh, during the press conference. And then she also read Liv and basically was like, that's cute. Um, <laughs> um, if I would have had enough liquor, then maybe I would have fell for it. So she, all, all throughout the episode, she she really stood her ground. She's coming to her own, and I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. Um, overall, I was very pleased with this episode. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I'm excited for what's to come. It's going to be uh, interesting, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. Any more thoughts? Are we all good? Yeah, we're good, man. Yeah, Olivia finally, um, I think, got her closure with Fitz. Hopefully she can move on, because we were all rolling, or at least I was rolling in our eyes when she was calling Fitz on the phone and trying to get in. And I, I, well, I, me, I, did, I knew he wasn't going to answer. Fitz was like, nah. And, and that was it. I, cause, I heard Sophia say, um, like, sorry, um, but I heard Sophia say, I can you not can you not make it on the first episode back I you know listen it's been six months I get it but give this relationship a break please you know I'm on board with that (laughs) (laughs) you know I'm down with that nothing I do but yeah okay we'll um, say that for offline so if you have any more thoughts about this episode make sure you leave comments on YouTube iTunes and as always um, you can talk with us online we'll give our Twitter handles shortly but now it is time for Cornelia's cold piece of the week <laughs> they were happy about cold peace. It's been a minute. Hey, All right, we got a live studio audience now. Right, okay. <laughs> cold peace of the week for scandal. Episode 10 of season five goes to Miss Diane, the ex NSA director, for being a little stalker. Now, when Diane was saying what she did to vet Billy because she knew for a fact that he was not the man that they were making him out to be. I don't know about y'all, but I was taking notes. She was like, I was checking his email. I was in his DMs. I was on his phone line. I checked his old Hotmail account. I was I got the, his AOL password in his chat room history. I know for a fact that Billy was not the man that you are making him out to be. So for that reason, I'm giving Miss Diane Cold Piece of the Week. Cold Piece at of the Week goes to Sophia's growl that she did at the beginning ah. of the episode. That <laughs> was amazing. <laughs> Let us know who you think Cold Peace and Cold Peace Hat should be. Hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook using hashtag Cold Peace, hashtag Cold Peace Set. Somebody please tweet the timestamp for that growl so we can do like a train of jet fighting. She did like this and he was like, <laughs> I want a timestamp for that and I want a timestamp for that's cute. Okay, so that's, the, that's your homework assignment for this week. Um, no news and gossip. Let's go into predictions. And now, you're after Buzz. <laughs> This week I have none. I'm here for the ride on the uh, Shondaland roller coaster, and um, yeah, so I'm just excited to see what's to come. I predict that Olivia is now the new Lisa Ray in regards to wearing the same color every damn episode with this red. We forgot to talk about that. Her outfits were amazing, though. They were cute. That mm-hmm. black jacket with the yellow skirt with the Lisa buttons. Ray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Makeup that that her she had some different to her eyes. Everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she was cute. Did know what Emil said. Oh, um, Cornelia, I think you make a, a point. There's something, there's something that I don't trust about Jake. The fact that he said it twice is like, I, I could really enjoy this view. And so I'm just wondering where his storyline is going with this. And then as far as Olivia and, um, and Melly, 
it can only go one or two ways. It'll it'll either go great or something's going to happen in the middle while they're while they're trying to write the book. So I'm just kind of curious to see how long that goes, um, and what will be the effect, what will happen, the outcome once the book is released. Because then at that point, will Fitz ever go back to live if he finds out um, that she's a part of the book? She done did worse. Well, never done that. So yeah, he's uh, yeah. They're mm. gonna be back together. Mm. Well, we'll see. Let us know what you guys think. Where can we find you guys on social media so they can tell you? Well, in honor of Valentine's Day or any time that you need an extra shot of love, make sure to check out episode 39, Soul Kiss, of our podcast. Happy Hour, a shot of conversation, available on iTunes. You can find me on all social media at Bam Erickson. At Sophia Stanley, Twitter and Facebook at the Sophia Stanley on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Canelia. You can find me at Emil Ennis Jr. on all social media. Um, guys, we want to thank you so much for joining us and um, being back for Scandal Season 5, Episode 10. And hopefully you'll be here for the rest of the journey. We love you guys, and we will see you here same time next week. Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments and questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, Buzz later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only. Do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 